0: If you're enjoying the show and want more, check out loudpipes.net slash donate. For as little as $1 per month, you'll gain exclusive access to the Loudpipes after show, The Downshift, as well as other content and sneak peeks available only to our supporters. Better yet, come ride with us. Step up to $5 a month and receive an invitation to the monthly video hangout and the riders of Loudpipes private social network. Hang out in the clubhouse with other riders, chat with us on show topics, and so much more. loudpipes.net slash donate.
1: It's time for Loud Pipes, the podcast that brings you the best conversations relating to motorcycles, the riding experience, and other motoring adventures. Here are your hosts for this episode, Rich Warfield, Rico Hogan, and John Miracle.
0: Loud Pipes, episode 86. We're going to be talking about a cool vintage show that happened here in Charlotte. And then we make it into Motorcycles of the Future. Mr. Hogan is dealing with some family issues this week, so he's going to take a pass on the recording. But we have RTD, Spider Silk, Johnny John. What's happening, brother? Not much, man. Not much. Hanging in there as best as I can this week. Understood, understood. And do you have a beverage in hand or not tonight?
1: No, none tonight because I just came rolling in. From a little late night ride.
0: Well, we can we can wait a minute. If you want to go get one, you want me to wait? I'll play some music.
1: No, 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 we're good.
0: All right. <laughs> well, I'll make up for the two of us. I have something All right. new. All right, you make up for us. What do you got for us? From Natty Greens, they have a beer called Lexington. This is a smoked spring IPA brewed with peaches. Oh. That's a mouthful, huh? This is hitting the scales at 6.8% alcohol, and it's not bad. Not, not bad One down, nice and smooth? Not bad at all, I must say. I know it's almost summer, but a nice IPA. Yeah.
1: Have Have you had a new Belgium Day Blazer?
0: Not yet, but did you save one for me? I'm coming up. I do. I have a, a couple. Well, I'll take care of those tomorrow. How about that? And I got some yingling. Promise.
1: Got some yingling? <laughs> Promise.
0: Uh, got some Natalie stuff, got some,
1: uh, the Mad-Eye stuff down there too, I think. So yeah, we got some good stuff. We can help clean out the refrigerator.
0: I'm like a dog. Anything that hits the floor, if it's in a bottle, it's all mine. Oh yeah. And you get to see the puppy. Yeah. The new puppy. Can't wait. New puppy. Yep. Yep. So. Awesome. Let's get into our new topics. Get out of the way, John. Get out of the way. Look out.
1: What? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh,
0: There goes uh, this past weekend, I attended what's known as the Congregation Show here in Charlotte. All right. And this is put on by Prism Supply. They're a uh, custom bike shop and parts supplier here in Charlotte. And Dice Magazine, who I believe is in California, if I'm not mistaken. And the date, John, was May 27th. Which was, I think if I'm, hang on, let me open my crystal ball here, hang on. <laughs> it was, oh, that's
1: right. It was your birthday, my friend.
0: It was Happy my birthday. Happy birthday to you. It was my birthday. It your birthday. Yeah, it was cool. And it was a family trip, so.
1: Did the missus go too?
0: Yeah, boys went, the missus got to go. Who was oh, oh. Way out of her element, but she still enjoyed it. She enjoyed it. Well, you know, it's you know, it was a biker's crowd, you know, lots of black, lots of tattoos. I was like, love it. Grungy old warehouse. Perfect.
1: Oh, well, that's that well I'm glad she went out and, and seen it and probably saw the boys going goo goo over it.
0: Yeah, I think she still had a good time. Uh Micah was there with his family, so his wife and and little son was there as well. Cute well that's kinda as, good. Cute as heck. He was having a ball. The baby was.
1: Right. But so, yeah. so so how many bikes were at this event?
0: Uh, there was probably close to, I think I heard 150. All
1: right.
0: I know they were expecting a little over 100 or something like that was the number. They got a few more that they were expecting, I heard, by listening to another podcast, which we'll talk about in a minute. And <clears throat> yeah, I would say probably about 150. And there was quite a few bikes outside. So there was quite a few uh, pieces of vintage iron that were ridden there, in addition to being on display. So it was just a a fun place to hang out. Like I said, it was a an old warehouse, and if I'm correct, I think I heard somebody say they used to build Model As in that factory. Model As or Model Ts, something like right. that. It's old factory. I mean, wooden floor. You know, like where the the boards are sawed on end. So instead of them laying flat like planks, imagine if you stood the boards up on end. So, where you see the the cut part of the grain. Right. So, it was that kind of floor, super old building, just perfect backdrop for photos on all these vintage bikes. You know, the ones from Prism, they had a cool um, kind of a knucklehead tracker style bike out front. That was really well done. The dual pipes on that I thought were cool. Um, Springer front, gorgeous paint. That was a nice bike. And then right next to it, they had a, a panhead chopper that they had done. And that was sort of a cream green, I guess, for the lack of a better better term there. Uh, That was really neat. You know, two pipes came down the side, a little bit of a white seat, a long rake on that one. And then the narrow bar. So that was a, I would say that's more of a 70 style chopper. Oh yeah. So those were the two that you see coming right through the door. And it was kind of an interesting layout because this building was huge. Right. I mean, I wouldn't even dare to guess what the square footage was. And they basically formed a big L in one corner of the building. So you had all this empty volume as you walked in and then sort of across the back wall and up one side was just huge row of bikes, hot rods, vendors on one side. Which was interesting. That that was the part with the kids. <laughs> right. So there was a vendor selling keychains and oh. there were some uh rather explicit uh women, shall we say, <laughs> on the keychains. Oh. And the kids just stopped and they were like, Um, dad, what's that? I was like, yeah, we're we're not going to be getting any of those boys, so let's uh let's move along here. Look at this chopper over here. Come
1: on, kids. <laughs> I was like, keep it moving. And the missus probably rolled her eyes.
0: Yeah, I'm not I'm not sure she saw those, but then there was another section too that had a whole series of, you know, rude signs like, you know, F this and whatever and I was like, oh, kids, just keep walking. But it was a good time. I mean, it's it's not that bad, but it's just one of those things where you're like, ah, oh, we really don't need to have that moment at the at the show. <laughs> but it was a good time. Good, good time.
1: Yeah, I see. I see it seemed like you like that mobile, the motorcycle hmm, tracker. Oh, s- I know. What you're scout. About. Yeah, that was
0: more of moment. a that was more of a cafe racer style. Kinda yeah, like, yeah. Kind of like it's what, what Justin would do, Mister Webster. Yeah, yeah, that's what it kind of looked like. Was, I see you kind of got quite a few pictures of that. Well, that was nice. That was a that was a Honda CB as well. Like I said, Mister Webster would like this brown seat for Hogan.
1: Yeah, gotta have brown seats for Hogan.
0: Gotta have brown yes, seat. brown seats. But that was nice. That that two tone gray paint was was really well done, in the Pegasus on there. Nice little touch. So I don't know. Let's see. I I just was kind of. Let me get the coin ready, but I got a little bit of the barber feeling because of all the vintage iron around there. So we had, I mean, just if you threw a stone, you would hit a, a knucklehead or a panhead or even some older flathead engines. And there was even, there was one really old, and I don't even know what this engine is called, but it has the exposed rocker arms. Right. Do you remember that one? Let's see if I can get a picture of it. It's definitely a tracker-style bike. And let me pull it up here. I'm trying to think. Springer front end, definitely a board tracker, bars on it, rigid. No suspension in the seat at all. Um, but I'm going to have to look the engine up on that and see, see what style that is.
1: Oh, yeah. It's a black one there with the flames on the tank.
0: No, no, so it's the kind of the one where the the top part of the engine actually cuts up into the tank. Okay. It's one of the first few in the series. All right. But I'll look that up. I don't know if that's the F-head or I don't remember what they call that one. Shame on me. But anyway, that one was really cool. I mean, I would probably never ride something like that because it just looks like it'd be painful. But right. I thought it was a, a damn cool looking bike though. But, but yeah, enjoyed taking in the choppers. There was, you know, Dice Magazine was there. Like I said, they were shooting a bunch of pictures. Uh, ran into another podcast. The crew from oh, yeah. the Riders on the Norm was there. Oh, hang
1: on, hang on, hang on. Hey, so, so I see there's also some bikes on the outside too, it looks like. Or is that part of the inside too?
0: That was at the, probably the entrance you're looking at there. Okay. All right. Did any bike uh, touch your major fancy? One particular bike, ooh, that's going to be a tough one.
1: All right, all right. Then that's going to be a up tough up. one. <laughs> did you get any ideas for your build?
0: Yes, yeah.
1: Did you, have you gotten more on a path which way you're
0: going to go? Yes. So I'm thinking now it, it needs to be an old motor. Okay. So kind of my Sportster confirmation sort of came into focus. I did see quite a few... Um. Definitely sportsters that were turned into some sort of chopper. I like that um price wise I know that that would be more advantageous, but damn, every time I see a knucklehead, it's just like oh, it's like yes, yes, I get it that's that's the one you want, <laughs> so anything old like that, John? It's gonna have to be old. mm, where get the piggy bank open, I know. I know. Could go replica, I guess. Could do the S&S. It's replica, eight grand. All done. Mm. Grand prior to 20. Very mm. to 20. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. But I don't know. Yeah, I definitely think I could take an old sportster and, and make a cool chopper out of it. That's that's starting to come into focus. And I think it for me, it might be a more modern sportster that I end up cutting up instead of something super old. But definitely carbureted. I think I want to do carbureted bike for sure. I think yeah. that's about it. That's about all I settled on is maybe just the platform. You know, sports or chopper of some sort. All right. I think I found a bike you're talking about. It's the silver one
1: there and the engine's like really up in the end, up in the gas tank. And...
0: Yeah. All right. Yeah. You see how there's two cutouts in the tank Yeah. for yeah. the for the valve train? Yeah. So I want to say that's the F head but I'm not 100% sure.
1: Interesting. Well that's kind of cool.
0: Different looking. That's all that's I, that's I, teens. That's 19 teens. You know what I mean? Anyway, sorry I stepped on you.
1: No, it's all right. So all right, so cool show. Would you are you planning on going next year to it?
0: Yeah, I I thought it was well done. This was their first first year. So this is the inaugural show. All right. Uh, my only complaint about it, I guess, is it was warm. The build it was warm in the building.
1: Wow! It is the south. It is, it the is summer time. It is the summer. And yes. And there's probably no AC in that building. Not a bit. You open bit. the windows.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, I think maybe just a couple of big fans to just get the air moving, because it really wasn't that hot. Because yep. if if you were outside and you were in the shade, it was really comfortable. So yeah, I think just maybe a couple of big fans or maybe like you said, just open up, pop up some windows. Yeah. And just get the, get the air flowing through there. But it's definitely a cool venue. That is the place to hold a vintage show for sure. So I hope to go back to that place. And I believe that Prism Supply is in that area as a company. So I'm going to have to stop over and visit them, see their shop, you know, get a little interview for the show.
1: All right yeah that that would be kinda of cool, all right, so since anything else you want to talk about about the show?
0: uh, I guess the only other thing is outside, you know there was a they kind of made what looked like a beer garden, you know a place to hang out, get something to drink, a couple of food trucks do
1: do we need to plan this for next year's event list?
0: Oh, for sure, man, it's in the backyard. this is a no brainer well, you didn't tell me about it, and it's on my birthday, on my you birthday. Didn't tell me about it. <laughs> If you tell me I might have shown up. You know what? I forgot about it. You know, Micah put it in the clubhouse and he's like, hey, congregation show today. I was like, oh, that's right. I gotta go. I have to go. Yeah. Hmm. All right.
1: Yeah, What's I up? think Why this one's
0: on the list. If they keep doing it, I'll be there. All right. Well, we'll mark it for next year and I'll and I'll try to put it
1: down to come down there and celebrate your birthday with you. Cool. That'll be fun. Yeah. All right. So while you're running around, I see some note that you ran into, as
0: you said before, you ran into another podcast. I did. So the Riders on the Norm, they are out of Wilmington, North Carolina. So they're a little closer to you, John, than they are to me. Oh, yeah. And really cool show. I just recently started listening to it. They are all about choppers and rock and roll. Mm -hmm. So if you're into either one of those two, you'll enjoy it. A uh, guy named Wes is who I spoke with. He's, I guess, the main the main guy, or the lead dog, if you will, <laughs> down there. Right. So, yeah, I talked to him and told him about the challenge. I said, hey, we got this little NPC going on. Check that out. So he's not sure they're going to have time you know, with their schedule, but he's going to look into it. And and really cool guy. He took a couple stickers and he let me throw a few out on their table, which I thought was, was super nice. So
1: Oh, they had their own table there after this event?
0: Yeah, they were a, a sponsor of the show. One of the sponsors of the show. So they had a nice big area set up and they were doing a little uh, little putt competition, giving away some some swag. It's pretty neat. Cool. So yeah, big shout out to Riders on the Norm and uh, check those guys out. Like I said, it's it's all about choppers and rock and roll and and they do actually play some music during the show. So kind of like a mid-show break after they, instead of just transitioning from one segment to another, they play a song. It's pretty neat. Cool. Well, I'll have to check them out since uh take a look at that. And we might have to go see them in October, John. October. It'll be after Barbara. They are hosting the world's largest minibike race. Oh! <laughs> what do you think? Okay. I've got one in the basement. Let's do it get it all uh painted up raced out get our legs well, we, on
1: we talked to the we talked to the owners about that
0: uh, I think I think the kids will be on board
1: oh okay okay well you know let's make sure they're good on board with that I don't want to
0: take their toy away kids daddy's gonna take your mini bike to uh Wilmington and enter into a race okay dad it's gonna go faster yeah we may have to tune it up to put my backside on there. All right. I at least put a new clutch on it. I think it slips a bit when I get on it. <laughs> oh yeah, that might that might be very smart. So yeah, cool guys. I would like to. Oh, actually, cool guys and and gals. Um, Wes's wife was there as well, so got to say hi to her. And and like I said, we may we may just ride out there and and check them out one of these days. I think that'd be fun. Cool. Cool stuff. Anything else? Anything else you want to know about the show? No, I think we got that good. I'll have to, I'll have to check them out. It was five bucks. That's awesome. Five bucks? Kids were free. For the show? Well,
1: cool. That's, I mean, that's pretty awesome.
0: It's the easiest ten bucks I spent for a few hours of entertainment. No problem.
1: Well, I'm glad the wife went.
0: Me too. And I, I think she enjoyed it, although I don't know if she's going to admit it, because you know, she visited with Micah's wife quite a bit, so... I think I'm going to go out on a limb and say she had a good time. How about that? I'm I'm happy for her. Maybe she says, uh, uh maybe, maybe
1: she understands the concept and the lure to it. And, you know,
0: well, yeah, and obviously she went kind of as a birthday treat, but I think that you're a hundred percent right. You know, she gets to see how much the kids enjoy it, how much I enjoy it. And just, you know, and, the events are kind of harmless, you know, it's not, it's just people that love bikes, you know, walking around, having a good time.
1: Yeah, it's not, you know, what you might think of it as people starting a bunch of crazy stuff and doing weird stuff and...
0: Yeah, it's not like a rowdy drunk fest, you know. Yeah, no. I mean, that stuff may happen later. It went till, it was from three to ten. You know, we were there, I think around four o'clock, probably say an hour and a half or so.
1: Close I would say two. that more of that stuff happens at your big rallies like Daytona and Sturgis,
0: yeah no i would- yeah, I wouldn't take the kids to Sturgis or Myrtle Beach bike week, you know, yeah, that's like, not gonna happen,
1: like you know in our chat, you know, I met up with dangerous Dave and o b x and that was well harmless in my opinion, right, you know, unless Dave hit stuff from me that I didn't know, but I don't think he did. That one, I think, is more about, you know, people getting together and just go ride.
0: Yeah, so. well, there's there's all sorts of people at, at the bike shows. I've been to Laconia several times. Um, so that's the only one I really have any firsthand experience on. And, and it's a little bit of everything, from what I could tell. You obviously have your party crowd who's having a good time and, you know, yeah. doing that kind of thing. But there's plenty of people that are there just to ride you know, to meet other riders and, and just get out and have a good time. So it's, you can, it's like a buffet. You can take as little or as a lot, a little or as lot, a little or as much as you want from the buffet. If you want to go and, you know, listen to the bands and party and drink your face off, there's plenty of that. But if you just want to get out and ride with a bunch of guys and gals, you can do plenty of that too. So it's all what you make of it really, I think.
1: Yeah. All right. So, what else we got new for topics this week?
0: Uh, A couple things I want to talk about. I was going to get Hogan's take on this, so I think I'll just preview it real quick. But um, Indian Motorcycle has unveiled a special scout. Special scout? special scout. This is in... Oh,
1: geez. Is this this one of these, another Harleys? Hey, we got to make another bike again
0: and change the trim? No, this one at least has some meaning, so...
1: All right, all right, all right.
0: Do you remember the, the movie? I think it was called The Fastest Indian.
1: I've heard about I haven't watched the movie, though.
0: About Burt Monroe. So he set several land speed records on an old Indian that he sort of tuned up himself. All right. So the 50th anniversary of that event is coming up. So Indian has built a new version of the Scout called the Streamliner. And Burt Monroe's a great nephew, Lee, is going to race it in Bonneville. August 13th. Uh-huh. So he's going to try to break, uh, Bert's record. All right. So I'm looking at the pictures of it. Oh, what do you think?
1: Um, Hmm. Mm, all right. <laughs> hmm. That good, huh? It looks like they took the bike and put a bunch of, uh, metal around it to hide the, uh, to make it aerodynamic so it doesn't hit the bike.
0: I think it's some of the best wheels that Indians ever come out with, but that's just me.
1: Wheels and the physical wheels or the bike
0: itself? No, just the design of the wheels. I think that's a good look. It's a good look for the scout.
1: Yeah. Hmm.
0: You're not digging it. I get it. <laughs> I mean, it's a land speed bike, it's not, you know they're not going to sell these so the, f- the whole fairing is just for aerodynamics and i just wonder how how stock the bike is because not nah. that's always my be. thing with this stuff is you know, like when we were talking with Lee Khan from Modus you know they they didn't do he said they didn't do anything to the bikes you know a little tuning you know just very small changes but it's not like they put in a whole different engine and stuff like that. Just They just kind of tuned it for, you know, running yeah. running on the salt flat.
1: That's what you expect them to do. I mean, but, you know, you're talking about a bike from 1965 to 2017, or mm. I said what year it was. You know, 50 years later, you're going to run it. Technology has changed so much. So
0: you're saying he should have no trouble breaking the record?
1: Shouldn't. Technology should be in that engine to be able to do it.
0: It still stands to this day. Right. All right. (laughs) John doesn't like it. Moving on. (laughs) Move on. Let's get away from that one. So you got the main story. Indians making another streamliner. (laughs) Sweet. And we'll we'll throw it in a U-turn hopefully in August and see if they actually made it.
1: All right, Great.
0: Well, I mean, they've they've got to keep doing something because they just completely made a stink show out of flat track racing.
1: You mean a snooze fest truck racing?
0: (sighs) That is depressing me. Depressing me.
1: Well, I blame Harley on that one. Harley did not do what they needed to do. They shouldn't have walked in the thing and said, well, we're just gonna run with
0: it. I don't know. I was looking at some some tweets from tweets or comments from Barry Boone online, and he says, you know, some good things coming. He's like Harley's not going to give up, which you know I agree they're not going to give up. But my goodness, I'm looking at the watch here. It's like, hmm, it's June. <laughs> it's June, folks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Next topic. So.
1: Yeah, what have we got
0: next. Harley's going to build up an assembly plant in Thailand. Ah. Which on the surface doesn't doesn't sound like that big a deal, right? I mean, they want to service their customers in Southeast Asia. No big deal. All right. But apparently the steel workers are not so happy, and of course the union. So, let's just start with the topic as a whole. American made, designed and built, sold whatever, all American company, all made in the U.S. up till now. Hey. Really? Thanks going to play? Come on. I know, right? Are you hearing that? Uh, mine played. I'm not hearing it. Well, that's not good. But anyway, so I don't know. On the surface, I was just like, yeah, it just makes good business sense. They're going to build the bikes closer to the market. They don't have to build them and ship them across the world. They just source parts and build them right there. That's I mean that's how all automakers work anyway. Well,
1: so here you go. So if they go make the plant in um if Thailand, you're going to go make the plant in Thailand. Yeah. So they open a plant in Thailand, today start saying, "Wow, hey, look at this cost savings we're going to make. We make ship buy, build up bikes in Ch- in Thailand."
0: And ship hey, them back to the U.S.
1: And ship them back to the U.S.
0: Well, that's where I'd have a problem with it. I mean, if they're if they're going right. to build bikes there for the local market, sure, fine, go ahead. But if you're going to start building bikes outside the U.S. just to bring them back, then then I'm out.
1: They could do it.
0: That's a bridge that too far.
1: That's something they could do. Why not?
0: You know, and the parts are global, from what I understand. They source parts from all over the world. Right. So I don't know. I'm, I'm kind I'm of kinda torn on that one. I I understand it from a business standpoint, but you know, sort of the American pride kind of thing. It's like, well, they've always been built here. I think that should should continue.
1: Yeah, I mean that's if you're gonna make an American main company and stuff, but hopefully, you know see what happens. Maybe I'm wrong, but I'm just thinking that's kind of interesting that you're gonna put stuff over there and move it out of the country.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think it's an interesting step. If they if they pull it off and there's not too much backlash, I would I would expect more of that to to happen in the future. You know, more right. plants elsewhere. Right. That's a lot of money to invest in something overseas. Well, as long as they can save money and put it back in their flat track program, I'm all for it. <laughs> Get those bikes to the front. And and bring me my damn live wire. Before I'm too damn old to ride it. Hey, you never be too old. I know, but if it comes out in that cafe style like the prototype was, I'm not going to want to ride that in my 60s. Why not? I don't know what I'm saying. It might be too old to ride like that. <sighs> never? Well, you, can buy, you can buy for the boys. <laughs> I can look at it. I'll just leave it in the garage and look at it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Hmm.
0: All right. I just wanted to get your take on that. I, again, I thought Hogan would have a, an opinion there. He's more of a world traveler. And,
1: well, no, like I said, my opinion is that it's kind of interesting to see them doing it. And I'm concerned that they could, you know, venture and move plant manufacturing outside of the country to make them more cost effective to, you know, move it out and make more money. But, you know, hopefully Harley doesn't because, you know, it's, you know, a true American company, so hopefully they don't do
0: that. Yep. Well, here, here's an interesting thought, too. What do you think people would say if, if they could get the same bike for less money? Would that matter more than the bike being built in the U.S.?
1: You know, I would think that if you're about American pride, then it would matter, but... Right. In today's world people are about the dollar so yeah I not care
0: I'm not talking about people right now I'm talking about the next generation or the next two generations that come up if you're if you're fresh out of say you're fresh out of college you're gonna buy your first or second bike you really want a harley you don't have twenty four grand to buy a big bagger but you really want a street glide if they make them in another country and you can now buy them for sixteen five is that a good thing?
1: Well, let me put it this way, I don't think in that generation you're gonna be able to buy one for sixteen five.
0: Well <laughs> no, probably not. But in today's dollars, so sixteen five in today's dollars, let's say fifteen, twenty years from now.
1: I, I, I could see it happening and they wouldn't care. But I'll put in my other two cents, I think if you're a fresh new rider, you shouldn't be going out and buying a street glide. That as a new rider, that's too big of a bike for you.
0: Yeah. Agree. Bad example. Shame on me.
1: Well, no. So uh, I'll conclude on this little topic here a little bit we, uh, tonight. I was over to the fairgrounds for a local bike night, and we we were talking to a couple guys. And there's a guy there from your home or from our college area. There, Mister Warfield of Boston,
0: nice. relocated
1: down here, and he has a, a an R one and talks about that and the guy i went with has a 250 you no know, ninja 250 and talking about and he says, well i'm a new rider and this is my i have this and they gave him you know that's smart that you're out there riding in a little 250 to learn and make sure that you are comfortable before going out and buying a, a fire a leader dragon yeah because you can make you're not going to make as many mis- you can make mistakes on the 250 and not kill yourself. If you did it on the leader bike, you'd probably end up dead.
0: Well, the the big problem with the the higher horsepower bikes is you just have to show restraint. If you've got if you have respect for the bike and you can show restraint, you can ride anything. Yeah, I mean, and, I rode I rode Hayabusa around in downtown Atlanta, so it, yeah. can, it can be done.
1: <laughs> right, and then they start talking talking about this new person coming in. They they. uh we we're talking here a couple weekends ago about a guy um, that was in a group ride, hasn't been riding bike in a while, and he went riding, went into a turn, and this guy comes behind him, back of the pack, and he sees the bike over in a ditch on the right, parts in the middle, and the guy over here on the left in the ditch. And he just went into it too hot. Hmm. And it's like, ride to ride. So, all right, so there's enough of my little jaunt on my –
0: yeah, group rides are tough in general. I mean, even if you're experienced, group rides can be tough. You know, you you always have this sort of rubber banding effect that will happen, where inevitably somebody at the front or somewhere in the pack will want to gun it and take off, and then the second person's like, "Oh, I got to catch him," and the third person's got to catch him, and by time that cycles back through the field. You know, the last person's going really fast. And then when they start slowing down, you have the same, you have the same chain reaction, but in reverse, you know, where the first person slows down, the second one is a little closer, the third one's a little closer, and then the fifth one is in the ditch, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I've seen that on several group rides. So it's a challenge. You have to, you have to keep the pace. You have to ride. Most of them will do the stagger too. Mm
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So if, if you haven't done that, you know, that takes a minute to get used to. So it's, it's just a challenge. I don't, I've done a few group rides for sure, but it's always a little uneasy until you get to where you're going.
1: Yeah. I've done some group rides. I've done, I think the max I've gotten up to is six is in a group. I know it's not as big as you, as some of stuff, but that was pretty well off.
0: Yeah. So. Yeah, All the, right. the big ride I'm thinking of where that where that incident happened was the the 11 ride. It was right. the first or second year after 9-11, we rode from Boston to Manhattan. Right. And when we left one of the assembly points getting on the highway, you know, the first couple of bikes get on the highway and they floor it. You know, and the next next group again's gotta catch them, the next group's gotta catch them, then next thing you know, you're getting on the highway, you're doing like a buck twenty to catch up. And then you finally get the you know leaders finally get wowed well down to a normal pace, and then everything stacked up behind them, and a few bikes got together. So, oh, it's not good.
1: Yeah, that isn't good.
0: So yeah, we'll move on.
1: Thanks, John. No problem, man. So so talk about power. I I, I see we have a new engine.
0: Yeah, one more little story I wanted to talk about. It's also from. From Polaris, or from, uh, geez, Polaris, from Victory. Christ, I can't spit it out tonight.
1: <laughs> well, it says Insider's s Cycle Polaris Pro Stock Motorcycle Drag Racing Engine. <laughs> what is your
0: problem? I'm going to have some more of this Lexington.
1: <laughs> well, maybe you need to back off of it a little bit. I'm not even halfway. Oh, jeez. All right, maybe that's a problem then. Mm. So, So they're making a new pro stock engine, huh?
0: Well, yeah, Cycle World had a nice inside look at the Polaris Pro stock drag racing engine done by SNS so it was just neat to see the size of this thing and just some of the machining work and the way the bike is by well, the bike the way the engine is put together it just i thought it was a work of art just looking at it sitting on the bench there and with no exhaust on it no intake it's just beautiful i mean that's that's kind of like stuff that, that Harley works on. It's like you should be able to take the engine out of the bike and set it on a stand and have it be a work of art. And that's what this thing, that's why it struck me. That's kind of why I threw it out there as a topic is this thing just sitting on the bench, it's just beautiful. Yes. So, and an engine this big, what are they saying? It's almost 160 cubic inches. And this bad boy will rev 10 grand what? <laughs> that's yeah, a, That's a lot of twist for a big boy. So,
1: Well, they only need it for 10 seconds.
0: Well, that is true. That is true. It doesn't need to go for very far.
1: So, I mean, you're going to be able to stretch everything to the, stretch everything to the max just to get 10 seconds out of it. Cause you know, after they're done, they rip,
0: you know, rip it down and yeah. Take it down. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they certainly will get pistons and and things like that for sure. But and even more, piece of piece of artwork is the crankshaft. So if you scroll down a little bit, look right. at the milling work on that thing. Yeah, that and that's one solid piece. Again, that's just beautiful. Look at that thing. Yeah, it is massive, massive. Yeah. So you think we could get one of these street legal? Like you think you could get this tuned right and get it to run down the road for more than 10 seconds.
1: Not that big.
0: Probably not that big. I don't think so either.
1: You'd have to, because you're making the wall so thin and everything else. Another thing I'd worry about is, you know, maybe it's different on the cooling, but I mean, I know it's all solid pieces on the everything. I thought they, cylinder heads, they put the fins on there to help with air cooling. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there is no air cool or anything to help cool it. So, I mean, I
0: have some, a lot of cooling on it. That's pretty neat. It's neat to see it's pushrod too, because I know all of uh, Victory's bikes were overhead cams, you know, chain driven overhead cams. Yep. So interesting that their pro stock racing bike is push rods. So I know there's a couple of Victory guys in the live stream. So <laughs> I'm just calling that out
1: for them. <laughs> yeah, they're they're pretty chatting there tonight, which is kind of cool. Glad to have a bunch of guys in there. There's eight of us in there, so.
0: Yeah, it's a nice group. So yeah, shout out to the live stream. Thanks everyone for joining. It's always fun. It's a nice a nice way to to listen live. And as you know, for episode 85, if you were listening when we were recording from Virginia, <laughs> you're one of the few that got to hear the show in its entirety. So Yeah, and Rico, you know, somebody forgot to hit the record button. I hit the record button, I just had Rico's mic on the wrong channel. Yeah. Hope you don't do that tonight. Let me look, since you say that. Let's see. Input one is me. It's recording. Okay. John is on Skype two line. All right. Change to input three. That is recording. All right. Then we're good then. It's all matters. And our sound effects. You know what? Never mind. I just got a little puke. (laughs) It's all working. Thank God. All right. Good. Good. So that's a cool motor. We'll put a link to that in the show notes. Check this beast out. This is, is really cool. And did I did I read right? These are for sale. Forty two grand. Really for an engine? Oof. But these engines, unlike Vance and Hines, oh, are for sale. Forty two thousand five hundred dollars.
1: Mm. Wow. That's a, little, that's a little chunk of money.
0: That's a nice car for uh, just to get a race engine. <laughs> yeah all right. It's super competitive, so I think
1: you need a car before you get engine engineer
0: That's something we don't really follow. We don't talk about drag racing much, and i I probably should i that's kind of how I like to ride sometimes. It's just I love the the power or I love the the g forces of a takeoff. You know, yeah. I like going through the turns too on the right bike, but on my on my deuce, I love just gunning it from a light and just go for a couple of years wide open. Good stuff, good stuff. Let's see. You want to look into the future, my man? Future, what are we looking into? What are we going to see? You want to talk a little bit about autonomous
1: vehicles? Autonomous vehicles. That one day I'll probably be here.
0: Well, yeah, here's, here's what I've been thinking. So my news feed for the last couple of months, the articles and information on Autonomous, semi-autonomous driving, cars, vehicles, et cetera, has really just increased to a, a crazy pace. I mean, every time I open, I have several different sources that I read from on a regular basis. And there's always something in there, you know, whether it's good information or it's just some sort of propaganda nonsense. But there's always something in there about autonomous cars. So I think, I guess what we're arriving at is it, it's going to happen. And some would argue that it's already happened because Tesla has their autopilot. A lot of cars have lane keeping and, you know, emergency braking and all these little assists. So a lot of it is already there. I guess the question is, what's next? Like, where where is this thing really going to go? And as people that love to ride motorcycles and don't like other people to be in control, how do we feel about that? And that's sort of where I started. We're going to get into some tech in a minute, but I guess if you think of the best case scenario is that all the vehicles are talking to each other and they're aware of each other so we don't have mishaps. Would you agree? Yeah, that would be... That'd be the best case scenario, right? The best thing we could hope for is that cars all talk to each other and they don't run into each other anymore you know, and they can't run off the road and all that stuff. Now, where does that leave the drivered vehicles? You know what I'm saying? Like, if I want to ride something or drive something that's not controlled or not connected, is that going to be allowed? Or will I just become a beacon on the road for the autonomous cars to say, okay, this one is human-controlled, you need to give a little more space Sort of, kind of like, danger, danger, right? (laughs) Human at the wheel, human at the
1: wheel. (laughs) That, or do autonomous cars get a special lane?
0: Well, I think that's too much infrastructure. And I think, me personally, I think the only way this is going to work is one of two things need to happen. Is all the vehicles need to talk to each other, or they all need to operate on 100% autonomy with no external influence. And by no external influence, I mean no system connection. Like, I think you're going to see one of two laws are going to be passed, I would say, in the next five to ten years, that these automakers will have to prove that the system can operate, A, without any connectivity, or B, it will have to be connected to some mandated system. I think one of those two laws are going to come, come to fruition. Right. But... Hmm. But there's nobody talking about, except for a few um, enthusiast sites, there's nobody talking about what about the cars that are not autonomous? There's really not a lot of talk going on there. So that's what I'm concerned with is I still want to drive. I don't care how automated the cars are. I still want to drive, I still want to ride my bike. and if we can get the bonus of them not running us over, that would be great. But I just think as a community, if you want something to happen, I think people need to speak up. I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah, because it's it's coming. I think it's clear now that it's coming. We've we've bantered this around for the last couple of years, and I think now it's it's going to happen.
1: I, I think we're still. I think we're still in a phase. It's got to be accepted, and I think we got some time still.
0: Yeah, there's still some time, but I mean. Now's the time to speak up, I guess, is what I'm saying. There's nothing, there's no rules, there's no laws yet, as far as I know, on any of these systems or, or vehicles.
1: Like you, you do, I mean, cars now have the blind spot detection, they have the ability to, you know, tell dif- distance between a vehicle and an object. So, I mean, that's the thing that can happen. Um, you might get to a point, like you said, that be accepted. I mean, they got the cross- crossover detection as well. So if a car starts to, if a person starts to go over, it could just kind of like halt it and says, no, 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 you're not moving. So that might be where it comes into play.
0: Yeah, I, I think you may be right. I think the other thing is, the other thing that we have to consider is the legality. So once the lawyers get involved, then the whole landscape's going to change. So, there's already, being, there's already decisions that have been made in the software, if you think about it. Yep. So, I have, an opportun- I have an opportunity coming up. So, I'm approaching an intersection. There's a person in the road. So, the car will be presented with a choice of you're going to run over the person or you're going to swerve into a pole or something like that. But both are likely going to be deadly, either for the driver or for the person. So, the software makers have already had to encounter this and decide who's getting hurt. (laughs) You know what I mean?
1: Well, that's like (laughs) there's a TV show um, called Bull on, I think, Fox or CBS. And they had an article about the autonomous car and how they did it in the software. And somebody got killed. And it literally came out that the software was written it was going to be a fatal accident then it came out to say
0: who was going to be the lot least amount of deaths right well one day yeah and i think that- that's the big problem and as the driver should we get the choice should i be able to make a setting change on my car that says you know either a i'm the most important or b something else is the most important so as a parent or I guess as most people, I think a lot of people would take themselves over a child. Right. So I think if presented a choice, it's like, oh dear, I'm going to run into this child or I'm going to swerve. I'm going to go over this bank or I'm going to hit this tree, but okay, well, that's the brakes. So I'm not, I'm not going to hit this child. Yep. So I guess the question is, is it going to be left in the hands of these software coders or should it be the driver? like who who should be making that decision It's hard to tell. I'm sorry to get super deep on it, but
1: <laughs> no 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 it's hard it's it's hard to tell i mean that that's what happened in, in the in the show, and they started talking about it and we're kind of hashing it out they that's honestly what came out I and mean, you start talking about um, the fact of cars making software's making a decision, that's what has came out. So
0: yeah,
1: you know, it, it's the software has to be written on who is going to who is it going to kill. Damn. So at yeah. least the least amount of people to die is going to what's is currently how they wrote the code. So it sucks. But if you have a driver involved, well yeah are I, they going to make the choice to go with the more people and, and society's gotta accept the fact that there's two people that are going to, there's going to be three people in one place and two over here. Well, one person is going to survive.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's the interesting thing is, like I said, the decisions have already been made, but should, should it have been made for us? Because as a driver, you're making those decisions in real time and those decisions may change based on what's presented to you. So if you're going to now turn over control to a piece of software I think it needs to have the approach like Volvo has taken. You know, Volvo Cars, uh, if I'm not mistaken here, they've said they they're, they're going to take all liability for accidents that happen with their systems.
1: Right. But that's that's interesting. <laughs> yeah, it is. And, and dangerous Dave asked about autonomous cars. Can they handle lane splitting? I mean, I would think they should could. And then the next thing I would say is that hopefully, in my opinion, that if you had autonomous cars, you wouldn't have traffic jams. They would be able to control.
0: That's the other idea, yeah.
1: Y- you're going to be able to control the flow and the distance because if you really look at what a lot of the traffic accidents or traffic issues is from accidents, hopefully it stops the accidents. And the other thing is is people falling too close and realizing, oh, I want to get off of this lane. Oh, or this yeah. exit. Let me, let me just, you know, slam on brakes, oh, wait for everything bottle everything up and, and cut across. So hopefully that's what I would hope for. Well,
0: that's a, that's a good transition. Cause the, the article I was looking at is from, um, you get the name of the publication here. It's intelligent transport systems review. Um, it's dash is the website. And they're basically saying that Bosch is offering a, what they're calling a digital shield. So essentially a connected system between cars and bikes that alerts them of, I would say, approaching danger. You know, motorcycles coming from the right, motorcycles approaching from the rear in case they get in the blind spot, you know, things like that. So now, this type of stuff starts to make sense where, like I said, the systems can, can really do a lot of benefit if they can talk to each other. I mean, of course, there's obvious risks there, right? And there's obvious security implications, but on the surface, the the basic use case is if the vehicles talk to each other, then they should be able to stay out of each other's way. <laughs> that's kind of the idea, right?
1: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's kind of a smart way of looking at it. The, the bad part about it is that, and we're going back to people being smart, you know, people on bikes decide that they need to go faster and then they come too fast upon somebody and they don't realize what's going on. And can the system, you know, detect it if somebody's coming too fast? So,
0: that's interesting. But I think I like what you said. You think it's a lot farther off. Maybe we should make a little wager. You know, kind of like the, the bottle of rum buried somewhere. You know, the last one alive drinks the rum. Yeah, kind of thing. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, we'll put up some kind of real expensive bottle of liquor, and then whoever wins will will drink it. Okay. So I I don't know. I just, like I said, I I keep hearing so much about it and I don't know if it's, if it's just being sprayed around as, you know, propaganda for people to get on board or if, if it really is coming, but I'm just, I'm just being overwhelmed with articles on it. So hopefully Bosch and others will come up with these systems that That do it right. And that's, I think, the best we can hope for.
1: Just as long as... Oh, yeah, that was more Volkswagen. Never mind. I was going to talk about the Volkswagen fiasco with the diesel, but that wasn't Bosch's fault. Dieselgate? Yeah. That That was Volkswagen.
0: Everybody's going to get hammered for that eventually. You know that. They were just the first ones to get caught. Yeah. All right. So... What else do we have? We have uh some new car. Um let's punt that one. I need Hogan for that one. All right,
1: all right, all right.
0: But I do want to give a a Riders of Loud Pipes update before we get into the U-turn. And we apologize for not getting a lot of shows out in the month of May. But what we did as sort of a makeup for the patrons is we we hosted two video hangouts. So we do a monthly video hangout at the five dollar level and above. And this month we did two. So we did it on the twenty eighth was sort of the makeup. And then we did it the week prior. So so that was good. Just something we wanted to mention. It's always a good time to hang out, hang out with the guys. We do it over video. We drink beers, share stories. It's a good time. <laughs> yeah. So it's partially work, partially play, right? We run it as a production meeting and then and then we just kinda hang out. And like we said, there was quite a bit more detail when Rico and I recorded in Virginia on the Moto Guzzi MGX-21 Flying Fortress. So we decided to put that episode out and released it in the downshift feed. So people that are our supporters, and that starts at the $1 level, then they, can, they would have gotten access to that show uh, to hear some more detail. Right. And one last little update little show of support for our military members. We have a new support level in Patreon, which is all the same perks at the Riders of Loud Pipes level, which is $5. This will be 40% off for um, all members of the U.S. military. Three bucks. Sweet. So come on. In. And there's no, um, well, I don't think we're going to put an end date on that. We're just going to leave it.
1: That's awesome. We need to support our military because... They do help to keep our country free and safe.
0: Yeah, and I think, you know, with our current administration and climate, I think they're going to be called up here in the future, near future. So if we can do a little bit to give back, then we're happy to do so.
1: Yeah, I agree with it. All right, little U-turn? Yeah, let's let's talk about some, some...
0: Some... Just a quick update on the Motorcycle Podcasters Challenge. I promise this will be less than twenty seconds. What twenty seconds? What no? <laughs> Signups are underway. Motorcycle men are back for twenty seventeen. Loud All pipes, right. of course, and the Creative Riding Podcast, a single Sweet. single guy show. Yep, joining the mix for twenty seventeen. And,
1: and, I, and I heard something else. I, I saw something earlier today, And yeah. the Persons in the Life hangout. Yeah. Dangerous Dave has signed up. Dangerous Dave is riding for loud pipes. Welcome aboard, my buddy. I rode with Dave out and out of Banks and a great guy to ride with. And thanks for coming on board with us, my friend.
0: That'll be a good time. So yeah, just a reminder, if anyone missed that, uh, listeners can ride for their podcast of choice. Um, there's no limit on that. As many people that want to ride can ride. We're just going to take a single, the single best score for the week and give bonus points. To the podcast, but all of the listeners will ride amongst themselves for an individual trophy as well. Yep. And if you want more on that, MotorcyclePodcastersChallenge.com. New website, new podcast. Second episode will probably go up next week as we get ready to kick this thing off towards the end of June. Sweet. Yep, I'm ready to go. You ready? Ready as I'm going to be, man. I got to change the oil in the bike probably after Myrtle Beach. Murder Beach, what? Murder Beach, Beach, Murder Beach. We'll talk about that at the end of the show. All right, man. Anything on eighty five? When you talk about, I don't think so. Right?
1: I don't think so. I think we're all good on eighty five.
0: Good to go. Head over to the shop.
1: (laughs) That really needs to be music, but yeah, you need we need get our uh uh, our um, 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 (laughs) our sound effect guy working on that. (laughs) Hogan, 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 (laughs) Hogan. you know what never mind i just got a little puke in my mouth all right
0: <laughs> i got some new tools from a birthday you got some, new tools? You got some birthday. new tools for your birthday who'd you get the tools from from the boys the boys picked up by the missus oh i didn't. got a nice big pack of screwdrivers a little bit of everything all right and some bits some bits and something i really really needed was a couple of torque wrenches. Now, now, now.
1: Let me ask you a question. Did you, did you get those torque wrenches out of curiosity from Harbor Freight? Is that where she picked those up at?
0: Um, so. I think it's Harbor Freight. Yes. They they're not. Um, they don't last that long. I know.
1: Yeah, they don't work as well. You don't hear to click
0: on them. I don't know. I have the small one. I have the, I have the quarter inch drive one that does inch pounds. Okay. And that works pretty good. I actually had it calibrated. Um, Shoot, where was I? I put it up against somebody that had a digital one, and it was just a couple degrees off. It wasn't that bad.
1: Cool. Well, maybe it's worked better. I have to three-quarter, I think.
0: So I got two. I got the three-eighths drive, and I got a half-inch drive. The three-eighths drive one, I think, does from five foot-pounds up to 100? If I'm not mistaken, and I think the half-inch drive does from 20 foot-pounds up to 150. Cool. So, yeah, I'm going to put those to use on the bike. I, it looks like I can do oil change and change oil in the primary and the trans, adjust the clutch, grease the neck, and at some point I got to get a a little run-out gauge because my front wheel, I think, is just slightly at round. so... Got to get a spoke wrench and a run-out gauge and and true up that front wheel. That's about it. Anything on for you, spider maintenance service?
1: Yeah, I, I'm going to be be replacing the battery.
0: Yeah, we talked about that. Not starting, not holding the charge.
1: Yeah, it's it's if I if I leave it on the tender, if I don't leave it on tender, and I go out a week later, it doesn't want to start. I had that happen. A few weeks ago, I was about ready to go out for a ride to the beach with the Mono Mino guys and I go out to start it and it didn't want to start and it. it took me like a good five minutes to get it started, I plugged up the battery tender, got some juice in it. So um one of the uh Mono Mino guys, um, KP works at Capital Power Sports here in I think it's Wake Forest slash Raleigh. I think it's more Wake Forest and uh if we walk in there, we get a discount. He can give us his discount; it's fifteen percent off. So went over there, and he got me a Moto Bat. Very nice battery, and it was less than a hundred bucks for the battery. So, um, so that that so it's in. I just have to go pick it up. I'm probably going to pick that up on Saturday, but I probably won't install it until after we get back from our road trip because I don't want to deal with it. Understood. I I mean, it's holding a charge. It will. St- you know it's just after sitting for a week it just kind of trickles down and I don't know if that's standard or what, but I
0: don't like it but
1: and I'm not sure how old the battery is,
0: so no this is not a lithium battery right it's a standard battery I think it's standard I uh, no I think it might Isn't have some lithium battery
1: no, it's not a lithium
0: I don't know let me let me see what it is <laughs> <laughs> While you do that I guess i'll I'll talk about events then while you're looking that up. All right, you look at events. So you and Rico are doing the Homestead Hill Hoot Nanny in Boone? We, we are. July 5th through the 10th, five days?
1: Well, that's when the whole, the whole, whole thing, thing is. is. But we are going to be in there on, uh, I'm meeting up with them on the 6th of July. They're going to be um, in Boone on the 6th, arriving. And then uh, right on the 7th. Through the I think twelfth, a lot of them are staying through. Okay, that's when it is eleventh or twelfth. But uh, Rico and I are going to be there in Boone on the on the on the on the sixth, and then we're going to ride from Boone down to Robbinsville. I think those guys are going to be the big group. Per the plan I saw is going to be going to wheels through time on the eighth, and since I've already done that, I'm going to skip it. Okay, so. That's, you know, I think that'd be a fun event for us to do. So I don't want to take Rico without you.
0: <laughs> so yeah, it's like you said, since you've already been, so.
1: Yeah. And then, uh, so my plan on Saturday is meet up with the Moto, moto Nobodies. I'm not sure on who's all going to join. I think there was talk of Amp and Cruiser and maybe Bacon meeting and doing some stuff. Not
0: sure. Bacon's bits. Yeah.
1: And then, uh, so head home on the night, And I technically should be home for the 10th because... No, I have to be home on the 11th. That's what it is. I have to be home for the 11th.
0: For the recording?
1: No, no. It's the wife's birthday. It's the wife's birthday. Oh, wife's birthday. All right. Wife's birthday. I don't want to end up in the doghouse, you know? No, no, no. No, sir. Nope, sir. No, no. I don't like doghouses.
0: So All right. That's what I got
1: going on for that one. So what else is there?
0: Well, of course, we have the podcast challenge. Motorcycle podcast was challenged 22nd through the 12th of July. That is correct. So you would almost finish in Boone, but you'll be back before then. Yeah. Yep. We may do the capital city bike fest, or at least you will, because in your backyard in September. In my backyard. In my backyard. And of course, the Barber Vintage Festival, October sixth through eighth. Going, possibly camping. We'll see.
1: That that's what I last heard.
0: Spider Adventures. You probably won't make that. It's the weekend right after. I don't know. We'll see what happens on all that. But that weekend after is also the world's largest mini bike race. Oh, that's right. <laughs> so we might have to ride out there even if we don't participate. That sounds like it's going to be a hoop. Yep. Yep. And I don't really have a racing update, although I was watching World Superbike over the weekend. They were racing in the UK. Uh, kind of a couple of thrilling races. It was interesting to see that the. It's kind of a layup, I guess, that the British Riders would be up front. You know, Jonathan Ray, who's leading the points, and and his teammate, but uh Chaz Davies, who's the Ducati rider, was out front and then he ended up laying the bike down in the middle of I think it was either the first or second race of the weekend, the big race. Right. So yeah, he was out front just kicking tail and laid the bike down. So he finished quite a ways back. I don't remember where, but it was just thrilling to watch over the weekend, so uh, World yeah. Superbike's doing good for me. Cool, cool. And then Isle of Man, the Isle of Man TT started up this week. So I did it? Practice is underway and speeds are up. It's looking good. They got to a slow start. You know, quite a bit of rain and fog up through the mountains. As, of course, we heard from Mr. Ben Gilmore when he was on. Cool, cool. That was so, it. Yeah,
1: I think think that's... I don't have anything
0: else for exciting for tonight. You good? You tapping out? Yeah, I think we got everything covered that you want to talk about. Yeah, beer's almost done. That's about right, isn't it?
1: Beer's done. Been a great time hanging out again. Sure. Other than... Other than I will probably see you in in, in about 12 hours. Well, no, no. A little over 12 hours.
0: Give or take. Yeah. So
1: (laughs) we'll talk about that more in a downshift for
0: everybody to know what's happening. All right. Well, before we sign off, I need to take a moment and thank the Riders of Loud Pipes for their continued support. Our first five riders, as always, go first. That would be Marcus, Rickard, Edward, Jebby, and Mr. Zion, who we may see on Sunday. Uh, Barbershop riders Chuck, Chris, and Mike now moved on up. Thank you for that, sir. And our riders group, Steve, Micah, Jim, Kenny, and Roger. And let's not forget our insider, Darren. Loudpipes.net slash donate is the place you want to be to sign up and enjoy all the perks that we have available. And like we mentioned, uh, 40% off the $5 level for all military members. That's a new support level. And loudpipes.net slash store is the place to get show swag, although we did just close the screen print order. And so thanks everyone who, who placed an order in this round. And we do have some changes coming in the next couple of weeks it'll make this a whole lot easier so I think the the batch ordering will soon go away yep. Adi- additional information for this episode including links and images can be found where John? uh loudpipe <laughs> slash 86 6 good man here you'll find links to leave us feedback subscribe to the show follow us on social media Mr. Maracle, kickstand, yes, sir. kickstands up
1: No, park and break off.
0: Park and break off. One for Rico. Shabila.
1: Let's get out of here. All right. Thank you for listening please consider supporting the show we offer generous rewards for your contribution find more details at loudpipes.net forward slash donate